What is up, Learn Lead fam? Welcome back to another Learn Lead Thursday. Got a great, great guest to tee up. We understand that coronavirus is in the news right now. That's what's captivating everyone. Everyone's home from work. What better way to learn than listen to a podcast on such a great guy, Ashcast Exantis? He's the chief financial educator at Mind Right Money, helping people get their mindset around money correct. He's been featured on Forbes, Fox Business, CNBC, BET, you name it, he's been on there. He's a great guy. So we talk a little bit about the coronavirus and how that's going to affect the market, how we can create multiple income streams because of the fact that we're home working. We could create stuff on our digital platforms. He talks a little bit about his financial planning practice and anything for if you're an advisor listening to this, it's great value. He talks about his particular investment portfolio on how he protects his assets through life insurance. It's great to have a third party come in and talk about something like that. And then he caps it up talking about pivotal leadership. Stay tuned. At the end, he talks about, he promos a little bit his stuff. He's got some free books. He's wrote, he's written eight books. He's got some free books out there for you guys. Yeah, guys, I hope everyone stays safe. Please feel free to give us some feedback and enjoy the interview. This is the Learn Lead Podcast with your hosts, Tony V and Landon Arcangelo, coming to you with exclusive access inside the lives of some of the world's most successful leaders. that don't know Ashcast Exantis. Uh, I've been following him on Instagram for a while. He's got some great stuff, some great value that he provides for his community. He's the chief financial educator at MindRight Money Management. He's also been featured on Fox Business, CNBC, CNN, BET, all these great networks. He also is the author of eight books, such as The Wake Up Call and The Hustle Nomics is a tribute to Nipsey Hustle. And so I'll just give you the floor, Ash. We really appreciate you coming on and uh, please share your story for us. No, absolutely. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm excited. Um, you know, I, I just I love financial education. I love uh, being a voice in the, uh, of the underdog. Uh, you know, I am a young man who grew up uh, in the inner city of New York City. So I'm from 129th Street and 8th Avenue, St. Nicholas Projects, if you're uh, familiar with New York. Um, born and raised, you know, typical urban story. Uh, you know, the, the youngest of three. Uh, my mom, you know, was a single mother, raised uh, three of us. And, you know, I've been a, a hustler uh, since the age of eight years old. And when I say hustle, I just mean, you know, my mom uh, worked at, you know, jobs that were paying minimum wage. So she really couldn't uh, afford uh, to, to take care of the household. And so at eight years old, uh, I'm packing bags at the local supermarket just to make ends meet. Uh, by, by, by 13 or 14, I graduated to selling mixtapes and uh, T-shirts on a famous 125th Street as a street vendor. Um, and so I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always been an entrepreneur, always been somebody uh, who was interested in uh, not waiting for somebody to give me an opportunity, uh, but just to take the opportunity. Um, and so, you know, fast forward uh, at 17 years old, I, I had the opportunity uh, to, to work my first job um, in full transparency. I had a friend that was selling drugs uh, in our neighborhood and he was, uh, I think he was a little younger than me. He was probably like 15 years old. Uh, he was making a lot of money, he was driving in the, in the Chevy Tahoe and the, the big trucks was getting all the girls. And I was like, Oh, I love that. Like, that's what, that's what I want to do. Um, and so I almost went down that route. 
of uh, be- becoming a drug dealer just because I thought that's what, what the way was. Uh, but my sister, we have a you know very close relationship, uh, which was like, no, why would you sell drugs? If I could get you a job, you know, at, at, at a video store, would you would you not sell drugs? Uh, you know, fast out the blockbuster videos. So my, my first job uh, was 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 in blockbuster videos. I was 17 years old, uh, and then I you know uh, within two years I became an assistant manager. Uh, but at 19, I realized that you know what I can't you know be in 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 the, in the video world forever. Uh, and so one of the assistant managers came in and was like, yeah, you know, Chase Bank is hiring for tellers. Um, and so I was like, you know what, let me just go in and and see and see you know if if I could get a job at a bank. Um, and the rest is history. So I, you know, I started out my career uh, at 19. I was working at at, at the bank at, at J.P. Morgan Chase as a teller. Um, I did everything in banking. So I was a per- I was a teller for eight months. Uh, became a customer service rep. Then I was a, a personal banker. Uh, I was a private banker uh, for 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 about two years. We had a, a book of 400 uh, clients, uh, mass affluent clients. Uh, so starting at 250 thousand in investable assets, my most wealthiest client was worth 22 million. Uh, I've done everything. I was a branch manager, opened four branches uh, from scratch. Uh, I was a CEO of a credit union um, and then decided that I wanted to transition to becoming a full-time entrepreneur. Um, and so since then, I've, I've written, uh, written eight books. Uh, four of them have been bestsellers. Uh, I travel the country uh, teaching people how to change their mindset in order to manage money better. Uh, and I also, you know, I have, uh, you know, I've been featured on a lot of media, television, radio, uh, magazines. Uh, and I, you know, honestly, I, I you know, my, my life uh, purpose uh, is to be the voice of the underdog, to teach people uh, that it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where you start. Whatever you want in life, if you just change your mindset and you focus on what you want, you can have anything you put your mind to. And so there's probably, after after that, thank you for that, there's probably 10 different directions that we can go in, and I love that. After kind of giving us the timeline of where you are today and, and how you got there, what are your thoughts on today, um, the coronavirus and, and then the, the market as a whole today and, and where we're at and, and kind of where you see things evolving? Yeah, I think, I think this is, um, I mean, you know, anyone who followed finance and followed the economy knew uh, that a recession was going to happen. The coronavirus kind of accelerated it. Right. And so when you think about Mm -hmm. what's happened now, like uh, there will, there will be jobs lost. There will be money, you know, lost. There will be companies that go bankrupt. I know the government is doing the best that it can uh, to come up with stimulus packages and come up with bailouts and things that that are going to help try to stimulate the economy. Uh, But there are a lot of uh, small businesses. There are a lot of uh, large businesses. Uh, everyone is being affected uh, financially. Um, and even when you look at the stock market, uh, what's happening is unprecedented, right? When you think about, you know, the the, the Dow taking the the biggest uh, the, the the biggest dive since 1987, and then the jump back up and then the dive back down. Uh, there are so many uh, in, in uncertainties right now um, that you know really uh, there isn't. Uh, you know, sort of like one way to go, right? So a lot of, you know, I, I get a lot of uh, questions about, you know, whether this is the best time to invest and how much money should they put in and what stocks should they be focusing on, uh, things of that nature. And I think that, yes, this is a great time in, to invest, uh, but it's it's a great, it's always a great time to invest, right? So when you think about uh, your your finances, uh, in order to build financial freedom, uh, you need to, to, to focus on your cash flow. Uh, you need to ha- have 
investments and you need to protect those assets, right? So we talk about cash flow and making money, managing that money right. We're talking about investing and then we're talking about, you know, protecting those assets via, uh, in, you know, life insurance and insurance and estate planning and things of that nature. Um, and so it's always a great time to invest. And, and, and my only uh, concern is that a lot of people are looking at what's happening now and they're not prepared and they're like, oh, I, I want to invest and, you know, this is everything's on sale. So I'm going to just start buying things where that's not how you invest. You should have a game plan. Uh, you should know your risk tolerance. Uh, you should do your due diligence. You should research. You should know, you know, why do you want to invest in this company? Why does it make sense to invest in this company and then start investing? And then, you know, if you are always investing, you do what's called dollar cost averaging, where when the stock market is good, you, you know, you get, you know, uh, less stock at a higher price. But then in times like this, because you have a strategy already, now you can get more stock at a cheaper price. Um, and so I think this is the great reset. I think that th there, there are going to be a lot of, I mean, there's still a lot of unknowns. There's still things that we don't know yet, uh, but we're going to have to stay, you know, stay tuned and, and, and keep a close eye. Uh, you know, we, this is not the time to lock up all your money. Uh, you want to have, you want to be liquid uh, just in case this prolongs for six months to eight, uh, eight months, uh, uh, 18 months, a year, whatever uh, you want to have, you, you know, you want to have some liquidity. Uh, so I wouldn't say lock up your money now, but this is definitely the time uh, that you, you, you take it the opportunity uh, to really reset and start from scratch and figure out, like, is your financial situation stable or are you on shaky ground? If you are on shaky ground, that's okay because a lot of people are going to be on shaky ground. But what do you do today to start, you know, moving yourself in the right direction financially going forward? And so, and so for the younger generation, your, your 20s, your 25s, people that are just getting out of, out of college, um, starting their careers, probably don't have a ton saved up, probably have some student debt. What is your what is your financial planning advice to them? Yeah, I think I think that that uh, for somebody just starting out, I think it's important to do a couple of things. Um, number one, uh, you need to uh, uh, plan out your finances, right? Uh, you need to understand what are your financial goals. Uh, you need some short-term goals. You need some mid-term goals. You need some long-term goals. Short-term goals, anything that that you can make happen within one to three years. Mid-term goals for anything that's three to seven years, and then long-term goals, you know, anything seven years plus. Uh, once you have those three types of goals, then you need to create a budget, right? Create a budget, figure out, you know, you know, what money's coming in and what can you allocate towards your short-term goals, towards your midterm goals, towards your long-term goals. Uh, and then within those goals, one of, one of the, the short-term, midterm, and long-term goals has to be to create a financial freedom fund. Um, a lot of people call it an emergency fund. Uh, I don't like to call it that because words have power. And so we're not calling any emergencies into our lives. Um, and so what I want us to do to, is, is to create create the financial freedom fund, which is, you know, take a percentage of the money that's coming in, uh, you know, between 10 to 20 percent, uh, put that in an account uh, that can that you can stack uh, and build within six to eight months of expenses so that when stuff like the coronavirus happens, uh, you you know that you're, you're able to maintain your lifestyle for at least six to eight months uh, as you're figuring out how to uh, adjust your, your cash flow and your income. Um, and then, you know, I would say focus on on debt. Right. And so when you think about, you know, debt, uh, you have good debt, you have bad debt. Uh, you know, good debt is is debt that uh, you can you know, take out that can help you increase your assets. Bad debt is 
is credit card debt, is debt that uh, you're losing money on. Um, and so make sure that if you have any credit card debt and you're, you're fo- you know, you have any debt that's, uh, you know, draining a hole out, out of your, your bottom line, uh, that you try to come up with a debt elimination plan. Uh, but then, you know, focus on, you know, you know, I'm not saying having debt is a good thing, but when you think about uh, mortgages and uh, being able to, uh, you know, use your asset like a, like a home to make money and create residual income, um, or when you think about school loans that can potentially increase the amount of money you make uh, in your career, uh, you know, you know, focus on, uh, you know, good debt and, and not necessarily uh, carrying bad debt. Um, I think if you do those three things, right, if you, you know, focus on, uh, your, you know, writing down your financial goals and figuring out what those goals are, uh, you know, making sure that you have a financial freedom fund and then create a debt elimination plan. Um, I think you do those things. Uh, you're setting yourself on the right track. Uh, the good thing or, or, or the, the one thing I want to point out when we talk about uh, doing a, you know, your financial plan and writing down your financial goals, uh, make sure that they're smart. Right. And not not smart and intelligent, uh, but smart, meaning specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and timely. Right. Do not say, hey, I want to you know, I want to save more money this year uh, because that's not a smart goal. It's not specific. It's not measurable. You don't know if you achieved it because you didn't put out a number. Uh, is it realistic? You don't know. Um, and then there's no there's no time uh, limit to it. But if you're like, you know, this year I want to save ten thousand dollars by the end by December. Now it's specific because you're saving money. Now it's measurable because you're know you reached it when you reach $10,000. It's achievable based on where you are right now currently financially. It's realistic if it's something that you can, uh, you know, create and move out the way. And then the timeliness of it of saying you're going to do it by uh, December uh, is what makes it timely. And you'll realize that when you create all your goals, every single goal, when you create it as smart goals, uh, things that are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely, uh, it allows you to accomplish more things because you're, 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 you're signaling to the universe first and foremost, but then to your Yourself a specific path, a step-by-step guide on how to accomplish your goals. Wow, Ash, I, I really appreciate it. That's great value that you're bringing for everyone. So let's just dive further a little bit. I know you talked about how life insurance plays a part into the financial planning process, the entire holistic view of it. We're both in the financial service industry, and uh, I specialize in life insurance particularly. And so it'd be great to have an outside view from a third party of what your views on on life insurance for the entire uh, financial planning process. Yeah, I think I think life insurance is uh, one of the one of the the best kept secrets uh, that wealthy people use. Actually, that everybody should be using. I don't care what your income level is: uh, low income, middle income, high income earner, wealthy, whatever it is. Uh, life insurance is is one of those things that you should be using. Um, I think that uh, because you know uh, wealth is not really taught in schools, wealth is not really you know taught at home. It's something that if you're wealthy, you're teaching that to your kids generation to generation. But if you don't come from wealth, it's something that's, that's not being taught. And so because it's not being taught, uh, there's this common misconception that life insurance is just about you're burying your loved one, uh, where that's the that's the the, the minimal, that's the, the like the lowest form of what life insurance could be used for. Uh, because when you think about having a family and you think about estate planning and you think about, you know, you know, breaking generational curses and, and, and leaving a legacy for your family, you do that uh, through life insurance. And so I think that um, there needs to be a re-education around life insurance 
uh, that people understand that with life insurance, you can create an immediate estate, right? You, you know, you can, you can have, you know, your kids, you know, God forbid something happens to you, uh, you know, or, or not even God forbid, because at the end of the day, we are all going to die. Like that's something that is going to happen. We're all going to die. We just don't know when, um, hopefully we all live, uh, as long as we can live. But when your time comes, you don't want your family members to have to start back from scratch. Um, and so having life insurance allows you to, uh, you know, create that estate, uh, you know, have money passed down uh, to your loved ones uh, and, 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 to, and now give them like a head, uh, you know, a head start to now continue to build the legacy. Uh, so now, you know, people can start living the life that they want to live opposed to having to work for money and to live, you know, live life based on what their circumstances dictate. And so, you know, I think that life insurance is about, you know, leaving a legacy. It's about your financial future. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's about, you know, creating that immediate estate, right? Like sometimes, you know, people think about, um, you know, building wealth when you could, you could instantly buy wealth. Right. And when I say buy wealth, you buy a life insurance policy that has the right, uh, you know, that has the right death benefit. Uh, now, instead of having to save up all that money, uh, you can now pay premiums uh, at, you know, less than what you would have normally caught, you know, paid uh, in order to, to build that estate. So I think that everybody, uh, no matter where you are in life. Uh, you know, the younger you are, the, the, the better it is to look into life insurance. Um, and so, you know, begin, you know, whether you have kids now or not, uh, you know, you know, using uh, life insurance as a way to, to, to cement your legacy is, a, is, a, is really a great way uh, to, to, to break the cycle of poverty, uh, the generational curses that some of us may have, uh, but then also to, to build generational wealth uh, for our families and loved ones. Great stuff, man. Thank you. Like the way I see it is that I'm 23 years old. But I love my family enough to pay the $20 a month for a million bucks. God forbid I don't come home today, you know? And so the way uh, – I, I just want to ask you what your thoughts are on using the cash value in permanent life insurance as a buffer asset in times like these. Let's say you're in retirement. Your 401k just went to shit right now. What about pulling out that money from the cash value in your life insurance instead of pulling out the money in your 401k? Do you think that's a viable strategy? Oh, absolutely, right? Because when you think about, you know, the money in your 401k, and I, and I talk about this a lot, a lot, right? So when you think about investments and, and things of that nature, your 401k, um, you know, may take a dive because of, you know, where the economy is uh, currently. Uh, but for the most part, if you have it in a strong fund and something that's been performing well, it will bounce back for the most part, right? You know, opposed to like Ponzi schemes and things that we saw with like Bernie Madoff, where people were losing all of their money. Uh, other than that, what we see is that yes, you know, you know, your four hundred one k may may take a dive, uh, but if you have it in a strong fund, uh, it, you know, it, you know, most likely when when the economy rebounds, it's going to rebound as well. And so, what you don't want to do is start taking money out of your four hundred one k and realizing the loss, right? So people don't realize that when you take money out of your four hundred one k. Uh, whatever the the you know whatever uh, the 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 value of that 401k is at that is at the time you know that's the loss that you're realizing. But if you are taking money, the cash value from your life insurance, you essentially created your own bank. You're borrowing money from yourself. You could pay yourself back. The interest goes back to you. Uh, you know, and so that is a a, a, a better viable way uh, to you know in times like this is to use that cash value uh, because at the end of the day, you know why pay somebody else back, even though, you know, interest rates or the Fed drop interest rates 
points to zero, that's not the rate that you're getting. You're st- you, the bank is still going to charge you, you know, plus something. Um, and so, you know, using uh, the cash value in your life insurance is definitely a way uh, that you could potentially go. For 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 Ash Cash, what's what does your investment picture look like? You know, you're a financial guru. You 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 have so much knowledge. You've been providing for us so far. Um, what does your financial investment picture look like today and, and where are your goals moving forward and where do you see yourself 20 years from now? Yeah, that's a great question. And so for me, uh, you know, I like to to balance it, right? So, uh, you know, I balance between buying, uh, you know, like mutual funds and, and, you know, individual stocks based on companies that I, that I may like or, you know, uh, companies that I see uh, have, you know, bright futures, uh, you know, definitely somebody that's interested in the blockchain technology. And so, you know, I have have a, a lot of interest in companies uh, that are using blockchain technology because I believe that that, that blockchain uh, is the future. Uh, I do have some money in uh, cryptocurrency, uh, but again, that's a, a new thing. Uh, it's volatile, uh, so I don't have a lot of money in that. Uh, but then I'm also, you know, uh, I invest in real estate. You know, I think uh, there, there was a there was a saying that you know God is not creating any more land. Uh, and so I am somebody who, uh, you know, take, takes advantage of uh, investing in real estate. Uh, you know, I you know I remember uh, when I left the banking world and jumped into entrepreneurship. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing, and I almost fell flat on my face. And in almost fa- falling flat on my face, I uh, you know real estate saved me. You know, I had a property uh, that was a two family property. I was able to rent out uh, one part of that property uh, and be able to uh, make money from it. And so you know, I am definitely interested in uh, real estate. Um, and so as I you know as I continue to you know build you know my wealth, my wife and I build our family's wealth. Uh, one of the things that we focus on is land. And so uh, 20 years from now, uh, I do see myself uh, being a, a large land owner, uh, you know, purchasing land, developing the land, um, but then also uh, having, you know, a di- diverse portfolio. So, so still uh, investing in the markets, uh, still uh, having, you know, life insurance, you know, and, and, and you know, trust wills, estates and things of that nature. Uh, but real estate is definitely going to be a large part of that portfolio as well. So uh, not to go too f- down a rabbit hole about cryptocurrencies. Personally, I don't have anything, any skin in the game in that space. And I've heard a couple opinions on it where they say, oh, it could be a financial bubble. Um, you know, we don't really know the true value, the, the true intrinsic value behind some of the stuff. What is your what is your response to that, that, that pushback that some people give to that industry on a yeah, surface think- level without diving too deep into it? Because I don't want to get too, you know, down a down a different path you know yeah i i think i think that i think you you just have to pay attention uh to what's really happening uh don't um take sound bites really pay attention right so like okay great mm. jamie diamond says oh bitcoin is just a fad but then they spend 50 million dollars trying to develop their own currency on blockchain okay um facebook you know, largest company in the world, right, says, hey, I want to figure out how to create my own digital currency on the blockchain technology. So just under, you know, the government trying to figure out, you know, how how can they regulate uh, what's happening with, you know, with cryptocurrency. So I would just say, don't listen to the sound bites. Um, just follow what are, what are people doing? Uh, what are they investing their money in? And the one thing I will say for sure uh, is that cryptocurrency is not going anywhere. Uh, the reason why uh, you haven't had the government or any major corporations um, 
dive into it uh, uh, fully yet uh, is because they they haven't figured it out. Uh, if you you know remember uh, you know back in the day uh, you know I might be aging myself, but back in the day when the internet just started, uh, you know you had uh, search engines like Ask Jeeves or uh, Yahoo or whatever, uh, and then eventually Google is is the the main search engine, right? And so what I'm saying is that as it relates to cryptocurrency. The Google isn't there yet, right? Bitcoin might be the first one that we all know. It might be the Axe Jeeves of the search engines of the cryptocurrency world. Um, but Google, which is the dominant you know, search engine right now uh, in cryptocurrency has doesn't exist yet. Uh, and so I think that, you know, regardless that we should uh, definitely keep an eye out, not just on cryptocurrency either, right? Because the blockchain technology will. It's not an if and a but about it. The crypt, uh, the 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 blockchain technology will change the world. It will change wow. how people, uh, you know, uh, focus on finances. It will, you know, uh, change healthcare. It will change real estate. It will change law. Right? There's so many things that, um, you know, um, the blockchain technology is going to be used for. Um, and so let's just not be be closed minded because you know, just like the internet made billionaires uh and then once that bubble was done you know it, it was hard to get in uh don't lose this opportunity to uh really you know uh become part of this new wealth transfer by dismissing uh blockchain or cryptocurrency sure sure and do you think that that this you you kind of incorporated it saying it's going to have a, a massive impact essentially on the economy as a whole is that because of the massive transfer of wealth that you talk about yeah, I mean, one is because of the transfer of wealth, but then number two is because the underlying technology, we've never seen anything like this, right? But you think about, uh, you know, fraud and, uh, you know, misappropriation of money and, 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 and information is one of the main reasons why, you know, people aren't able to sustain wealth or sustain businesses or whatever the case may be. And so with blockchain technology where, uh, you know, one, it allows the technology to to, uh, to to be transferred at a, at a speed that we never we've never seen before. But number two, uh, it creates a record that minimizes the the you know the opportunity for fraud or for theft. Um, is definitely going to be something that's necessary. Like Im imagine you know having your medical records on uh, blockchain technology where it can't be changed. And so you know now you know every time you go to to the doctor, no matter if you're in the United States or if you travel abroad. Uh, there's a way to pull up your medical records uh, at all time. You know, imagine buying a home uh, and the only way to prove, and, and this is factual today, if you buy a home, the only way to prove that you own that piece of property is through the courts and that the courts have a deed filed uh, that says that you own that property. For whatever reasons, if that deed is not, you can't find it or that deed, something happens to it, uh, the, the, the property that you have uh, could potentially be stolen from you. So imagine having technology where, you know, property that's in your name and uh, could stay in your, your family forever because there's there's proof that you own that property. Imagine, you know, your your finances, you know, could be tracked and could, you know, that no one could ever steal it. So there's so much that goes beyond that. And so it's definitely going to be about the transfer of wealth, but it's also the underlying technology uh, that makes it, you know, powerful as well. That's some powerful stuff. I'm definitely going to look more into uh, blockchain. So I feel like that provides a great segue into uh, what's going on right now. A lot of people are home right now. Some people are out of jobs. Everyone's working from home. So 
Ash, would you mind teaching us some ways to create other streams of income via the digital platforms? I know we talked about this a little earlier that you want to speak on this. Can you show us some alternative methods of how to make money while at home on our computers or on our phones? Yeah, I think I think this is one of the best times uh, that we live in, especially, you know, for young people. Right. Uh, when you think about, you know, back, you know, back in the day where and when I say back in the day, I'm talking 20 years ago, I'm not even talking, you know, longer than that, even 15 years ago, uh, you know, in order for you to create a business, uh, you needed access to people. And in order for you to get access to people, you need a brick and mortar, you needed a store, you need you needed a storefront. Uh, which included uh, having, you know, you know, needed capital and, and, and investors and things of that nature. Uh, now, literally, uh, you could start a business from your computer. And so, you know, for myself, right, as a financial educator, uh, you know, I've written eight books. Uh, and, you know, and, and so I, you know, my first book I wrote when I, you know, about 10 years ago, 2009, uh, I still get paid uh, from that book. Um, and so eight books later, you know, I still, you know, get residual income from something that I've done one time. Um, and so I think one way uh, is, is, is using who you are, using your intellectual property, using your knowledge uh, in order to create a business. And so whether it's books, uh, whether it's ebooks, uh, whether it's uh, online courses, uh, whether it's programs, uh, whether it's coaching, right? Cons- uh, you know, consulting. You know, you know, you guys mentioned being in a financial services place. You know, uh, a sector uh, in life insurance. Like the great thing about it, like you can literally do a Zoom call, speak to a client face to face or via computer, and still, you know, sign them up for a life insurance policy without ever having to see them, without ever having to touch them. Uh, and so I think I think that uh, you know the first space that we look at would be digital. What are those digital spaces, those books that we could write, these ebooks, these online courses that we could create uh, from the comfort of our own home, using our iPhones, using the cameras that we have already, uh, and creating uh, you know a platform and creating ways that you can reach out to people uh, that way. Uh, and then you have c- uh, coaching and consulting. So if you have knowledge or, or something that you could teach people, uh, you could use your knowledge to to teach them uh, to to you know, and you could create income. Uh, you also have uh, products, right? You could, you, you know, you have ship, you know, print on demand as it relates to, to, to clothing lines and t-shirts and things of that nature. So there's so many different ways, but I would definitely start with intellectual property, your books, your eBooks, your courses, uh, your programs, these things that people need that you have that you could create one time and then sell it over and over again. I like that a lot. The uh, I've started to just provide free value as much as I can, and that gets people peaked interest. And then eventually, if you have something to sell, they'll want to do it because they trust you. And now, so I want to ask about a little bit, the uh, what are your thoughts on the ethical issues behind people buying up all this hand sanitizer, toilet paper, and stuff like that, and considering themselves entrepreneurs because they're selling it for such a high premium price? Yeah, I think, I, you know, I think, I think it's, it's a, um, uh, I think there, there is a, a, a fine line between uh, being a smart business person and being a decent human being, right? Um, you know, I think, that, I, I, I think that there, there, there are going to be times, uh, you know, like business is the law of supply and demand, period, right? So the reason why, you know, if there's a high demand, then you could increase your, you know, you can increase your price. Uh, if there's low demand, then you might have to decrease your price, right? So the supply and demand is how business works, Right. But at the end of the day, you know, there's a morality thing, right, where we have an epidemic, a pandemic, you know, it's going on. Um, and, and, and the honest, especially in this particular situation where the fact of the matter is, um, you know, as of the facts today, 
the people who are dying from the coronavirus are people who have existing immune deficiency issues or elderly people. And so for the, the fact that you have healthy people running into these stores, buying up all the waters, the hand sanitizers and things of that nature uh, is, is disheartening because they're not thinking, they're not being uh, great human citizens and thinking about the elderly and the people who have immune uh, uh, deficiency issues. Um, and so I do think that is, I think it's wrong. You know, I think that, uh, to each his own is something that I would not do. Uh, it's something that I, you know, I wouldn't associate myself with anybody that would do that. Uh, because at the, again, at the end of the day, uh, there are other ethical ways that you can make money. Uh, you know, that, that you don't have to, uh, be, uh, you know, gr- you don't, you don't have to operate in greed. You don't have to operate in lack. Uh, you could operate, uh, as being a decent human being. And in fact, uh, I believe, uh, that what you give out to the universe comes back to you tenfold. Um, and so those same people who are, who are, uh, being greedy are going to, uh, potentially, uh, uh, experience lack or experience someone taking advantage of them in a different way, uh, because they weren't being kind to, to their, you know, fellow, fellow man and woman. Makes complete sense. I couldn't agree more. And I have a kind of a selfish question that I'm sure you think about a lot or have thought about a lot in the past. And it's really directed towards Tony and I. And I know any you know young financial advisors or planners listening to this podcast, or I'm sure they battle with this question every day too. You're talking about how people are making their money and, and how they're you know building their careers um, and generating different you know methods of cash flow for us as advisors you know building our clientele and and helping people and providing value is is it's the lifeblood of our business essentially um i wanted to really ask you about your opinion on the financial planning space as a whole um the role that you know human financial advisors are going to play in this in this space down the road with you know technology integrating as much as it is and a lot of these uh fixed uh, salaried positions of of assistance are kind of going away slowly. Um, I wanted to know what your thoughts were on the financial planning space and the role of advisors that they can you know continue to have in their clients' lives moving forward, and if you see it changing at all. Yeah, you know, I, I, I that's a great question, and I love it. Um, you know, I think that at the end of the day, um, there will always, always, always be a need for uh, financial planners and financial advisor human financial planners and human financial advisors, um, because at the time, you know, when you think about, um, you know, it's one thing if we lived in a society, uh, where, you know, uh, it wasn't uh, a free society, right? When you think, when you think about, um, ideas and, and understanding, uh, behaviors, that's one thing, but, uh, in order to, uh, you know, you know, uh, create wealth and manage money, uh, one size does not fit all. Right. And so you could look at somebody that might have the same behaviors um, and AI might say, yes, this person has this behavior. So this is how they should manage their money. Uh, But you can't tell, you know, whether I have aspirations to, uh, you know, to to build a business or not. Uh, You can't tell, you know, whether I'm raising a family. Right. And so, you know, uh, wealth. Uh, is not a finite number, right? There isn't a number that says if you're worth a million dollars, you're wealthy. Uh, there's there's no number that says if you have you know forty thousand dollars, you're poor. You know, in fact, when you think about financial freedom and you think about wealth, uh, it's really based on individual lifestyles. And I think that because uh, you know people are always going to have their own individual lifestyle and their things that they want to they want to do uh you know they're always going to uh have they're going to have different needs right number 1 number 2 um you know even 
you know, I get annoyed when 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 Google tries to 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 finish my sentences, right? When 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 I'm trying to type an email and it's like, oh, you're trying to say this. I'm like, no, I'm not trying to say that. Get out my face, right? And so I think that <laughs> uh, the 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 fact that uh, uh you know us as humans are always going to want human interaction, um, is why I believe that uh we'll all, you know financial planners, financial advisors, financial coaches will always have a job. Uh, people do not hire me because I'm the smartest you know financial coach that ever lived. They just like my personality. That's it, right? Like there 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 are there are people who are probably as smart or smarter than me. Uh, but but I'm I make people feel good. Right. I have knowledge and I can integrate my knowledge into my experience. And I think that uh, the people who work with me are people who I, who can relate to me uh, and I can relate to them. Um, and I think that's always going to be the case. Uh, you know, I you know, I could easily to this day, uh, I don't need to speak to, to, to a financial advisor. I could, you know, I could, you know, use, uh, you know, an online platform. I could use robo advising. But me as a fi- you know of someone in the financial services space i have a financial advisor right i can easily you know go to policy genius or one of these online places to get life insurance but i have a life insurance agent right and so at the end of the day uh, i think that uh, they will always have choices um it's the same reason why when you walk into walmart walmart is always going to have cashiers and then they're also going to have self checkout um, I think that if they removed all the cashiers, they will eventually alienate certain customers. Like certain customers are not going to go in because not everybody wants to be told what to do. Um, and so I think that's going to be the case with financial services. I think that there's always going to be the need to have people. Um, and, and because advice is going to change from uh, situation to situation and, 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 and uh, you know, artificial intelligence is not going to be the always going to have the right answer. What was your what was your selection process for your advisor? You know, someone who has a, a massive following on Instagram, someone who's traveling all over the world, entrepreneur. Um, what was it for you that that led you and drew you to your current advisor and and your your insurance guy, um, your team essentially? What was it that draw that drew you to that? I, I like them. <laughs> um, simple, right? Because you know, as some, like I I know I know the business, um, and in fact. My current financial advisor uh, became my financial advisor later on. Like I, I, I knew him. I knew that he was in the business, uh, but we, we, we sort of like traveled in similar circles. Um, I got to know him as a person. I got to know what his values are, uh, and he was somebody that was trustworthy, uh, somebody that I trust, somebody that I like, somebody that I, I didn't think that if, if, if things got rough uh, that they would do anything to take advantage of me. Um, and so that, that's what allowed me to, um, you know, uh, become, you know, be, 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 be comfortable. Um, and so for me, uh, you know, I, I don't look at, I look at the things that you cannot teach, right. Uh, when I pick someone, uh, as a, somebody to work with, whether it's, you know, life insurance, whether it's, you know, financial advisor, whether it's my CPA, you know, whether it's, you know, somebody I decide to go into business with, uh, it's really about the, the vibe It's really about the connection. Uh, you know, do, do we vibe, uh, you know, is there a connection because, um, you know, I could, you know, anybody could learn, um, how to apply financial, um, uh, 
situations, right? So like you could, you know, someone could study and learn about life insurance um, and, and learn how to apply, you know, different scenarios, right? But your character, uh, but your likability, uh, your customer service, uh, your your willingness to help, like all these, 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 uh, you know, you know, intangible things that you, that are priceless, um, you know, those are the things I look for. And so, you know, as an advice to anybody who's doing business, uh, always remember uh, that you don't work for yourself. Uh, you work for your customer. Um, and so if, if you have a connection with your customer, if you're serving your customer, uh, that's what's going to make you stand out. Uh, when I was a banker, when I was a private banker, uh, you know, it was the small things that made people, you know, people like me, especially as a private banker. Um, you know, people who have money know that they can go to any, they, like they don't, they can go anywhere. Like, any, like, like people will, will, will line up uh, for their business. And so, um, you know, what, what made me successful as a private banker was that I treated everybody the same, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't treat anybody different, but I, and, and I gave everybody the same respect. Um, you know, I would call you for your birthday. I would, you know, if I knew your kid, you know, ha- you know, I, I would, I would think about those important things. Oh, you know what? Your kid had a recital. Let me call. Oh, your kid just graduated. Like all these life moments that, um, you know, only happen once, you know, once in a lifetime, you know, you know, are you, are you, uh, you know, how is your emotional intelligence? Um, and so I would just say that, 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 you know, staying tapped into that, um, and staying, you know, staying conscious, uh, of the little things is what's going to win you business every time. Absolutely. And, and I, what I've found personally is you got really like, it boils down to three things for people. It's, it's either time, knowledge, desire, or, or, or maybe a combination of some of those things. Of, of a couple of those things. And generally people who work with an advisor don't have at least one of those, of those three, at least, right. They may not have the time to, to, to manage their own finances. They may not have the knowledge. Um, they may not have the desire and it may be a combination of those three. So that's kind of what I've seen. Do you, would you agree with that? Do you think generally it's, you know, it's not necessarily that we're in this information age, so it's not necessarily that they couldn't go take the the time to go learn about these things or, you know, implement some of these things on their own. Like you mentioned policy genius and some of these robo advisors out there, but like you mentioned, the 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 person to person connection, I feel like is it's you almost can't even put a price on that or a value on that. Yeah, no, absolutely, right? Imagine, right? Imagine right now everything's going on, um, and you're panicking about your investment portfolio. Who who you know? Are you are you are you going to go to Robinhood and and read a blog? <laughs> you know, and say, hey, Robinhood, what should I do? Right. Who's going like, to be on the other end of that line? Exactly. Exactly. And so when you have that connection, right, when, when, when people are panicking and, you know, and I, you know, like literally, right, I text my financial advisor. I said, you know, I have an idea. I said, I, I know what's happening, but I text my financial advisor. I'm like, hey, Joe, what, like, what do you think? Right. And and he told me what I was thinking um, and which validated, you know, my, you know, what I felt. And I was like, okay, great, right? And so, I, like, I knew I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? Even though investment, investing, investments are on sale right now, I think it's gonna get worse. And he thought the same thing. So he's like, oh, you know, right now might not be the the the, the best time to put money in the market, right? You might have to just wait a little bit and see, you know, let things bottom out more. And I agree with that. And but but imagine, you know, your you know, Robinhood is not telling you that. You know, TD Ameritrade is not telling you that. Like, they might write a blog about it. But they're not going to be specific to your situation, um, and so I, I agree. I think 100 uh, percent that that human interaction is priceless, and you can't you can't pay for that. What would be your advice for young advisors such as us on how to scale their business properly at such an early stage in the first couple of years? 
Yeah, I, I, that's a great question. Um, I would say focus on building your brand, your personal brand. Um, and as you build your personal brand, people trust you. Um, and as they trust you, uh, people will, will, will throw themselves at you uh, to, be your, to be your client. Um, and, and, and that's one of the things that I, I learned, right? Like when I, when I, you know, even before social media, um, I was always building my brand, right? So I'll give you a prime example. When I was a private banker, um, a lot of the other private bankers, all they did all day, uh, was sit at their, at their desk in the branch, calling their clients and working the, their, their current book of business. Uh, but what I did was I would go to a teller, to all the tellers. And I say, listen, I'm a private banker. Any client, I don't care who they're assigned to, any client that has fits this criteria, call me because I want to meet them in person, right? And literally, I would just, whether it's my client, whether they weren't assigned to me, whatever the case may be, I got to know my clients, never pitched them any products or services. I got to know them. They would ask me questions. They would come to my desk and sit with me. And then when, it was, when, when, when a need arised, they came to me. They said, Ash, I got this money. I want to move this money from Citibank over here. Can I do that? Or, hey, I got this or you, I got that. Will you want to help me? Right? And so I built my personal brand within the banking space because I was, I was famous, right? I would walk around the branch with my suit and people always saw me. I would say hi to the customers. I would talk. They'd be like, who is this guy? And so people wanted to know me. Um, fast forward when I started building an online brand, that's what I did too, right? I, I do podcasts, I do radio, I do television, right? I, I do not discriminate. It doesn't matter, right? I want to, uh, touch the people at all times because the more people I touch, the more people that hear me, the more likable, right? The, the people who connect with me are going to like me. And then when they have issues, they're going to say, oh, you know what? Let me ask this Ash Cash guy. He seems like a cool guy. And now business starts coming to me. When I start promoting things and saying, hey, I offer this, people are going to start coming to me. And so I would say as a young person, focus on building your personal brand because you are not going to be the first uh, 23-year-old that sells life insurance. You're not going to be the, the last 30-year-old or 40-year-old that sells life insurance. Um, there are going to be a million people out there in the business, but people do business with people they like. So become likable. Uh, but, you know, build your personal brand, stand on something, um, you know, you know, give out as much information as possible. Um, and as you do that, um, I want you to be intentional too, right? So I'm not saying, you know, don't be intentional about the products and services that you offer, but there's a mixture of building your brand and being intentional about your, about what you offer. And if you put those two things together, uh, you will now begin to thrive um, in, in, in your space. Um, the other thing I would say, is as you build your personal brand, people start to, you know, like, like, again, like I'm on podcasts, you know, people ask me to speak and things of that nature. And these are all opportunities uh, to be in front of people, right? So it's a numbers game. The more you can, you can be in front of people, the more opportunity you have, I mean, the more opportunity you have, the more success that you can have. I really appreciate that. I mean, that's going to help so much. I actually, in the beginning of my short career, all I was doing was trying to be sales and uh, trying to hit quotas and yada, yada, yada. And then I started really thinking about, let me be as relational as possible. I started posting some some videos on leadership and some other things that don't even have anything to do with product. And then that's when people started interacting with me. And then you build that trust and then they start to like you and they, they have to do the business anyway, and they might as well do it with you. Let me just uh, transition here to what are your thoughts on how big leadership plays a role and what are some success habits that you've created? Yeah, I, you know, le leadership is 
the way to success. Like, like I, like I, I don't. You cannot be a leader any other way. Uh, I have not met um, someone who's successful that has been selfish, that has, uh, that has been like an individual contributor that only thought about themselves. Uh, every single person that I've ever met in my life that has a level of success has been become a leader, you know, or or is a leader. Um, you know, my thoughts on leadership is that leadership is not something that is given to you. It's just something that you are, right? Like, like I, you know, when I was a teller, I was a leader. Uh, I didn't have to be the teller manager to be the leader. I was the leader. Uh, when I was a personal banker, it was six of us, but I was the leader. Uh, when I was, you know, you know, when I got the leadership role, you know, I continued to be a leader. Uh, but when I wasn't in a leadership role, I still was a leader because uh, that's just who I am. You know, a leader is somebody who inspires, uh, who's somebody who who motivates, who somebody is somebody who uh, you know teaches, um, and I am all of those things. And so I think that leadership um, always starts from within. Uh, it's it's you know leadership is is about demonstration, is about being the best that you could possibly be, um, and 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 as you become the best that you could possibly be, uh, you give other people permission to be the best that they could be. And now you've just led them to their greatness. And so um, I think it's about just maximizing your full potential. And, and so uh, leadership is, is, is a prerequisite for success. Uh, if you are not a leader, um, you will not be successful. And, you, you know, and, and the number one person or thing that you can lead is yourself. And as you become a leader and you maximize your full potential, you know, again, people will, will be inspired by it, uh, whether they're inspired uh, directly or indirectly. Like there are a lot of people uh, who tell me, hey, Ash, man, thank you. You've inspired me to do this thing. Or, you know, I watch you and you, you know, you're very, you're an inspiration. Thank you for leading me. Uh, but then there's other people who, who have never met me, never had a, you know, never said a word to me who later on, you know, have, you know, who have said in some way, shape or form that I inspired them. Right. And so, you know, I'm saying that, you know, because leadership is not something you, 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 it's not a position. It's not a, it's not a title that you hold. It's just something that you are, you know, as long as you're a leader, uh, people are always going to want to follow you and, 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 you know, you know, uh, you know, be, uh, inspired by you. And, and it's that inspiration it's that, uh, uh, willingness to, to follow that makes you, um, the best that makes you somebody that people want to, you know, do business with, or people want to follow, or people want to be connected with. Uh, and so, yeah, leadership is a prerequisite to success for sure. And so, and so, Ash Cash, what what are two success habits that you've implemented in your life that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yeah. So, number number one success habit uh, is consistency. Um, you cannot be a leader if you're not consistent. Um, you 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 know. I, I remember days where I had to lead a team uh, and there were days that I, you know, there were personal things going on in my life and I didn't feel motivated and inspired. But if I walked into that door and I didn't motivate and inspire the team, if I wasn't consistent uh, with with my message and consistent in my demonstration, uh, then I would give them permission to be mediocre. Um, and so, you know, I, you know, I think that number one, uh, leadership is consistency. Uh, or number one habit is consistency. Uh, you know, make sure that you're consistent. You're consistent in your message. You're consistent in your in your values, um, and you don't allow emotions uh, to to shake you, to have you do things that you would normally do. You allow your values, your you you know what you know you have to do. You know, as a leader, uh, you allow that to guide you. So I would say number one uh, is making sure that you're consistent. 
Um, number two, uh, I would say, you know, make sure that as you're um, consistent, that you are setting, uh, you know, goals for yourself, right? And that, and, and that as you're setting those goals for yourself, uh, that you are stretching those goals, right? And so uh, you're consistently uh, trying to strive to be better. Um, you know, I think a lot, a lot of times uh, what makes somebody in- inspired uh, by a leader is that the leader is not just trying to stay within the status quo, uh, that they're, that they're willing to go above and beyond it and, and maximize their full potential. And so, you know, I think it's important that, you know, another habit is to always stretch yourself to the next limit, right? So like, if you say that, you know, this year, uh, you want to close a million dollars or you want to make a million dollars in commissions, then maybe stretch that, make that 1.5, right? Uh, and, 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 and always, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, go outside of of your of your limits, outside of what you think, you know, your comfort zone. Um, and if you continue keep stretching yourself, uh, you're you're now demonstrating to the people who follow you as well, or the people who are inspired by you, to all to always, you know, level up. And so I think consistency number one, and then number two, uh, you know, leveling up and you know, making making sure you're maximizing your full potential. That's beautiful, beautiful. I want to close off by by thanking you, obviously, for your time and everything like that, and and all the value that you've provided to us. How can we how can we have our viewers uh, follow you? What is what's your username? And and you told us about an ebook that you have available to them. So I'll give you the floor here to kind of just put everything out there for yourself and Tony and I to 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 latch on a little bit more than we already have. Yeah, not nah, for sure. You know, first of all, foremost, thank you so much for the platform, uh, for for having me as a guest. Uh, you know, definitely, I make it easy. Uh, if you know, you can follow me on all social media platforms. Uh, my handle is I am Ash Cash, so it's I am Ash Cash on Instagram. I am Ash Cash on Facebook. I am Ash Cash on Twitter. Uh, you can go to my website, IamAshCash.com, uh, and then also, you know, I do offer a free uh, ebook. Uh, that people can get if you're interested in building wealth. Uh, I have a book called uh, ebook, a free ebook called I Build Wealth. Um, and so if you go, if you if you text uh, the words Mind Right, so M I N D R I G H T uh, to four seven four seven four seven, you'll be able to you'll get a link uh, that will lead you to uh, getting the free ebook. Uh, I also you know uh, uh, wrote a book that was inspired. Uh, by Nipsey Hussle, uh, the late great Nipsey Hussle, uh, who you know we're coming up on his one year anniversary, uh, and so the book is called Hustle Nomics. Um, and so if you go to hustlenomics.com, uh, you can also download a free copy of the book. Uh, it it is uh, inspired by you know who he is, uh, what he taught, uh, but it, but it, it it's definitely about. Uh, building an ecosystem, building your brand, uh, building, you know, marketing plans and business plans. It, it's it's a lot. It's very robust. Uh, it's using his lyrics, but then also giving you a, a victory lap action plan uh, that you can take to build your personal brand and build your business. So you can go to hustlenomics.com uh, to download that as well. Ash, I just want to thank you again. It's, it was truly a pleasure to be able to uh have all the value that you provided for us i'm gonna definitely take some stuff away from this and also the the energy that you bring at all times is just it's uh it's mind-blowing it's it's great truly a blessing to be able to interview someone where i want to be one day it's someone of your stature to be able to be on our podcast so early and it's in its process is just really really awesome and i uh i really thank you for coming on and with that being said guys uh go follow ash he's great leader in the community and uh everyone have a great day Thank you so much.
Thanks for tuning in to the Learn Lead Podcast, where you get to own your life. Stay tuned for our future guests coming soon. Make sure to like and subscribe.